0: I want you to turn over in your scriptures to James chapter 1. I'm not going to go very long. I don't need to. But I want to encourage you folks. Listen, this is is what your life should be like. It should be an invitation. An invitation. Your life, your experience in life. You need to make your life the invitation for God's presence. God wants to be with us. He wants to be in us. He wants to be in our situation. He said to acknowledge him in all of our ways and he would direct our path. God wants to be the core of you. He doesn't want everything you have. He just wants the acknowledgement of everything you have. He wants to be the core of it, the center of it. And every decision that you make, every place you go, all of the things that you do, that you make a decision to acknowledge him before you do them. Interestingly enough, if you'll do that, you'll find that it'll be a lot easier when temptation comes. I'm just telling you, there is life and and, and liberty in Christ Jesus. There's a place you can live with God and if you'll fall in love with him and become desperate for his presence, desperate for his anointing, desperate for who he is, on an every day, every minute, every hour basis, it will change your life. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord There is nothing like the presence of the Lord There is nothing like the presence of the Lord There's nothing like it There's nothing like it in all the earth And it isn't temporary It doesn't leave grief afterwards It doesn't have an after effect Or a hangover It doesn't have anything to it. It will be blessing and peace. Oh, I say to you, please, turn your life over to the Lord. Get serious about it. And so as I was coming this morning, I was going to go, and I had Isaiah 53 on my heart. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. I can see how it all ties together, but the Lord said, No, I want you to go back to James. I want you to go back to James, and I want you to tell them, Do not be in error. Do not be in error. I don't know. God just hit me with this Wednesday morning, and he won't let me off. I got up. I was going my own way, and God said, no, don't you go your own way. (laughs) He said, you go tell them, don't be in error. See, you can be in error, but we don't need to be in error. We need to be in truth, don't we? We need to know what the word of God says. And here's what it says. Don't be in error. James chapter 1, verse 16. We'll look at the 15th verse, then the 16th verse. James chapter 1, 15 and 16. Do not err, my beloved brother. Do not err, my beloved brother. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Do you see that? Verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now I want you to look at somebody and I want you to say it like you mean it. God is good, God is good. all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. God, is good. God is good. Now I'm going to spot me some folks that aren't participating. And you're going to get the naughty seat. Let's do it one more time. I'm going to look. Say this with me God is good. I'm watching all the time. All the time, God is good. Now, I want you to think of anything bad that recently happened to you. Don't dwell on it, I just want you to think about it. Something bad. Are you ready? That wasn't God. It's just that simple. John 10, 10, one of my favorite scriptures says the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came that I might have life and that I could have life more abundantly. A good life, a full life, healed life, blessed life. We live in a climate today where we want to make it about God. We want to make everything about God. I I don't know why, but it seems to make people feel better. It seems to ease the conscience of people somehow. If the calamities that go on in our lives are are somehow connected to God. That somehow either God did it or God allowed that to happen to us. And we've been taught that. We get taught that all the time. And I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not going into your pet belief today. I just want to get you with me in the belief that God is good all the time. All the time. And all the time, God is good. Hallelujah. You know, I had somebody the other day, you know, that's really upset with me because they always want to hang on to this. Religious teaching. See, the perspective that you come from when you start your teaching is the perspective that you lead your teaching to so if you if you believe that god uh, did all these terrible things and things then when you teach that's how you teach but if you start with john 10 10 if you start there if you start with uh, you know james chapter 1 verse 17 if you start there and then you take the you know because see what happens is you know we're not supposed to inter- interpret the old and new testament separately and we're not supposed to interpret the New Testament with the Old Testament. That's right. That's right. Anybody know what a map is? Anybody? Everybody just raise your hand. Everybody know what a map is? Have you ever looked on the bottom? There's a key. Yes. You know, it has north, south, east, west. And then it shows your little house. It shows your little squiggly line and what that means. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Anybody ever seen the key on a map? Yeah. Instructions, so to speak. So when you look at the map, it makes sense. That's right. Anybody ever seen the key? Okay. All right, you ready? Jesus is that key so when i look at the bible i have to know and interpret properly where what is it trying to say and so if i start with the key and the proper interpretations when i look at the bible when i look at the old testament then i properly interpret it see we interpret the old by first looking through jesus I got to look through Jesus. I can't look beyond Him. I can't look without Him. I've got to look through Him. What did Jesus do? Who was Jesus? What was Jesus' character like? What's in the New Testament? Because the New Testament is the revelation of the Old Covenant. And so, if I start right, if my belief system starts in the right place, and it starts with James chapter one verse seventeen, and it starts with John chapter third, uh, third John two, beloved, I wish above all things. That thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. See, I start there. Or I start with, you know, uh, uh, John 10.10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Then I have a perspective that I can look at the rest of it. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Now, let me give you an example. I I just, I mean, I'm not going to go long, but I want you to get this. I want you to get an example. Let's just take an example. I want to look at the, the the temptation in the wilderness. You ready? Now, the the Bible tells us that the children of Israel left the children of Egypt. If you're you're new to the scriptures, that the children of Israel are a representation of, of God's plan for us, for man, all together. And so he used the nation of Israel as a description, as a visual aid for us, so that we could have a picture of what he wants for our life. And so the children of Israel start out in the land of Egypt. We find out about them. They're in captivity and in bondage for about 700 years. This place was a place of whipping. It was a place of lack. Yeah. They had absolutely nothing. They were in total bondage. They were not free. They were, they were I mean, enslaved by the people of Egypt. Yeah. And then we have God's deliverance that comes through, the, through, through Moses. And God delivers them by the hand of Moses and brings them out. Moses being a type and so on and so forth. And he brings them forward and they get to, you know, get free. But, but then they come into this uh, desert place, a wilderness. They begin to wander around in this wilderness. But you have to realize the moment that the Israelites left Egypt, it was only an 11 day journey, an 11 day journey from Egypt to the land of Canaan across the Jordan River. 11 days. These dummies. <laughs> true, right? These dummies. Wandered around in the wilderness for forty years. Well, that ain't dumb. Matter of fact, they le- they wandered so long in the desert. The Bible says not a one of them that left Egypt went into Canaan. It had to be a whole new generation of people. Somebody said, "Well, they were learning in the desert how to die." I'm just saying. I mean, what did they learn? Absolutely nothing. No, no I know, I don't mean to come against pet doctrines. I was taught all this. I was taught, it's hard. It was extremely hard for me. I fought tooth and nail to keep my right to be sick. To keep my right not to be blessed. I mean, I don't wanna blame it on me and spending too much on my credit card. I mean, I couldn't do that. Or making the wrong choice I couldn't do that I couldn't blame it on my lack of wisdom you know I mean that I married Oops. I mean I can't blame me I gotta blame God I gotta make it God's fault I mean so God I'm going through this I'm suffering I'm going through all this because God's trying to do something in my life. God's trying to make me better. And so he makes me sick. He makes me diseased. He hurts me. He steals from me. Now, the Bible calls this the temptation in the wilderness. Uh, let Let me just give you another. See, I don't believe God is a child abuser. And to suggest that God puts disease and sickness on you and that God is in cahoots with the devil somehow. And that, he, that he's whooping up on you to make you better is like saying that I would take my son, stand him in the street, have him run over by a car just so he could understand not to stand in the street. I have never put my son's hand on a stove yet. Have you? And if you did, I think they'd lock you up. They'd put you in jail. They'd call you a child abuser. God, the loving God of this universe, doesn't abuse his children. It is the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Can you imagine if I said this? I just want you to imagine this. Just imagine that I came to you today and said, maybe there was a young lady in the church and she was raped. Violently raped. Pregnant with this rapist's baby. And that I said to you, God allowed that woman to get raped. I'm just saying Every one of you would reject that right now, wouldn't you? Wouldn't, I mean, don't you, don't you know? I mean, no, no, it makes sense to realize that woman sitting there pregnant with a rapist's baby is in a turmoil of a lifetime. And to suggest that God allowed that man to violate that girl is absolutely, you couldn't fathom that? In no way could you possibly believe that, could you? I'm just asking. Could you? I mean, then where would the scripture be? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I mean, then where would the scripture be? The Lord upholds me with his hand. Where, I mean, what good is it to pray the angels of the Lord when they camp around about me and watch over me if he's going to be the one that allows the rapist to come and rape me? I'm just saying. I mean, what good is the Scripture that I can pray and, do, and I can resist the devil and he'll flee from me if it's God who's allowing the devil to destroy me? I mean, what good is the Scripture that, that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed? What good is the Scripture that says they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? What good is the Scripture that says you'll say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, plucked up and cast into the sea, if it is God who did it? A house divided against itself cannot stand. Sweet water and bitter water cannot flow out of the same fountain. Either God is good. See, that's a simple concept. Simple. Simple, but right now some of you are struggling. You're ready to quit the church. He's one of them name it, claim it, he's abs- how can, I'm, I'm wondering how in the world I ever believed. How did I ever believe that the God who loved me and wrote all the ways for me to escape evil, all the ways for me to be delivered, all the ways for me to be protected, how did I ever believe that he could possibly be the one that was doing the stuff to me? How? did i ever believe that how did i ever in my lifetime believe that that terrible stuff that was happening to me was coming from god the divorces in marriage now i know we don't want to claim any responsibility but the bible said he gave divorces for the hardness of our heart bottom line is folk get hard in their heart god ain't going to have you leave that woman so you can have a better one God was in that terrible situation, I married that girl, and she was a drug addict and a pornographic person, and I just can't imagine, she was was horrible. She beat me at night, stabbed me with knives, and now I've got the perfect wife. I went there so God could get me to the perfect wife. Maybe you should have skipped the stabbing woman and waited on the perfect wife. To suggest that God had them on their journey in the wilderness to make them better is non-scriptural. I know you're upset with me right now, but hang on. And I know we got to go. Let's look at this. Let's just look at it. I like to do this every once in a while. Turn over with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Starting at verse seven, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you'll hear my voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of, underline this, please, please highlight this, highlight this, in the day of, look at that word, all right, I'm going to take a journey just for a second, have you highlighted the word temptation yet? Have you? Let me read something to you. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he receives the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, he is tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But with every temptation he makes with every temptation when he is Done away with his own lust. Oh, blah, 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 blah. where am I? Did I miss it? I'm tempted to God for God. But, but, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. Then when lust is can bring forth sin, and when it is finished, bring forth death. See, we're not tempted of God, right? right we're still the Hebrews. What did God call this? I'm just going to make it real simple. What did God call their wilderness experience? Somebody answer. I know it's hurting your pet doctrine. I know it's upsetting the apple cart. I know it's against the most famous preacher you ever knew. But I'm just asking, what did God call it? I'm asking. When they went to the wilderness, they were there being, come on, you can say it. I know you can. I know you can. Everybody's resisting it. What does it say? In the day of, say it. Okay, now, everybody say it real loud. Say it. Let's say it one more time. Is that God? That was weak. If you've never seen it before in your lifetime, I want you to catch this. And I don't care who preached it or who didn't preach it. The Bible says that they were being tempted. In the day of temptation in the wilderness, that was not, at the very least, God at all. That's right. That's right. They were never, ever supposed to be in the wilderness. I know every famous sermon that's ever been preached. I've heard them all. I've seen them on the internet. I've watched all that stuff. And I don't want you to get bent out with me. If you don't like this, listen to me today and then, then forgive me tomorrow. You can stay here. I'll preach some other stuff that you'll agree with. That's why the Bible was clear in the next portion, do not err, my beloved. See, I read James said, no man's tempted by God. God tempts no man with evil, neither can he be tempted with evil. This was called the day of temptation. It was about them being tempted and they were tempted. Now let me, let me, let me, let me lend it to you because I know you've heard the story. When I was growing up, if you went around the mountain and you didn't learn your lesson, what would you do again? Listen to that, Listen. Somebody else got taught the same thing I did. If you didn't learn the first time, you got to go around the mountain again. Anybody hear them stories? Fables. No truth to it whatsoever. Nothing in the Word of God ever said that. It isn't there. If you start with the wrong belief, you'll end up with the wrong message. That's right. Amen. That's right. <laughs> good. Good. If the Lord is good, look at somebody said. God good, good. devil bad. bad. You know how simple that is and people just don't get it? I'm preaching real good. I've got to go. The worship was awesome, wasn't it? Don't forget it while I preach. All right, here we go. In the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, Proved me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do err in their hearts. And they have not. If it was God, wouldn't it be God showing them his ways? He said, they do not know. That's why you got to interpret the old with the new. The new is the key. They do not know my ways. They were not doing his way in the wilderness. That was not God. They were tempting God. And he bore with them for 40 years and put up with their junk, not led them to the junk. You know, he allows you to make any choice you want. You can choose. But he don't allow stuff on you. He doesn't allow you to be destroyed. Let's find out why they were destroyed. Let's find out why were they destroyed. Look at the next verse. They don't know my ways. So I said, you will not enter into my rest. Why? Next verse. Take heed, brethren, lest be any of you with an evil heart up, And you Departed. They weren't in his will. That's right. They were not in the divine will of God. It wasn't God's will leading them around the wilderness. God's will was promise. That's right. They departed from the living God. Look at the next verse. But exhort one another daily while it is called day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. He called unbelief. And departing from God, sin. Next verse. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Folks, The reason the people wandered in the wilderness, the reason they were out there is because they were being tempted of the devil and they were tempting God. They were not being led by God. They were not led to the desert. God never said go around the mountain again. He never said go around the mountain the first time. They did not know his ways. They did not listen to his and they did not obey. The reason they were out there is because they did not believe. Did they learn lessons out there? Probably, I don't know what. You know, when you go through hard times in your life, I'm sure that you can learn something from it. But it sure would have been better to listen to the Spirit of God and follow the Word of God so you didn't have to go through the thing. God leads us by His Spirit, not by our flesh. God teaches us through His Word and through His Spirit, not through our flesh. The understanding of who God is does not come through the flesh. His spirit beareth witness with our spirit. We are the sons of God. It is not my flesh that bears witness. It is not my mind that bears witness. It is my spirit that bears witness. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want you to look at somebody one more time and say, God, good, good. Devil bad. Devil bad. Let me read a couple more scriptures too, just to help you out. I said, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Listen to Psalm 103 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my iniquities, he heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Tell me where the bad is in that. Somebody's picking this up. You're getting this because it's important that you understand God didn't do it. God didn't allow it. The thief is the one, the devil came, or your own flesh, or your own mind. But if you'll have the mind of Christ, you won't fulfill. Hebrews chapter 8, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he's the mediator between a better covenant, say better. better. Which was established upon better promise, say better. For if, if the first covenant had been, a, had been faultless, there wouldn't have been a need for a second. That's right. Jesus came to establish a better covenant. Look at somebody say better. Yeah. It ain't like it used to be. I got the Holy Ghost I got the Spirit of God I don't have to live like I used to live I don't gotta go through the things they went through I ain't gotta experience it to believe it I gotta believe it to experience it it's a totally different deal I gotta look through the lenses of Jesus and realize that by Jesus Christ bless God I am healed I'm not trying to get healed I am healed. I'm blessed from the top of my head To the soles of my feet, every need that I have is supplied in Christ Jesus, but my God shall supply. You're awful quiet. Are you too hot, too cold? What's the deal? My voice is gone, so I sound awfully loud, and I must be sounding angry, but I'm not, except for angry at the devil, because so many people walk in deception and I love great preaching, I do, but sometimes when I hear these guys, I have to turn them off. Right. They get going real good and talking about how good God is and God will deliver you, God will set you free and God is on high and he'll lift you up, he'll hold you up, except when he's beating you. Uh-uh. There is neither variableness, neither shadow of turning. So just appreciate the great preachers and appreciate the great preaching when they get the part you don't like, go, <laughs> wait a few minutes and <laughs> turn it back off. They'll get you the altar call, get you saved, but you ain't got to go through the desert to get there. One one last scripture, one more. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. For cursed is everyone that hangs upon a tree, that the blessings of Abraham May come upon me. So don't get mad with me today. You've been redeemed from sickness. You've been redeemed from sin. And you've been redeemed from poverty. You don't have to live there.